Hello, future freedivers, and thank you for joining us on this episode of the Total Beginner Freedive Podcast brought to you by Octopus Freediving. This is episode 13 and a special episode as we have Ted Hardy recording an episode for us. Ted is a U.S. national record holder and one of the top freedive educators in the United States. I first learned about Ted when he was a guest on my favorite health and fitness podcast, the Ben Greenfield Fitness Show, before I even took my first freedive course. Ted offers a great selection of online freedive courses, including the free safety course that you've heard me promoting on this podcast, which you can find at freedivepodcast.com slash safety. I originally had an episode planned about how to choose a freedive course, but Ted already had a great episode on his own podcast, Freedive Live, which was learn the nine best questions to ask your freedive instructor when looking for a class. So I asked Ted to record a shorter version of his episode, and he kindly and graciously agreed to that. So here's Ted. 20 years stuck in the office and now he's traveling the world just one breath and diving deep he's healthier and happier than ever free dive nomad he's found what he wants to do a free diving podcast for total beginners like you free dive nomad the peace into the deep blue make the dream come true you can do this too Hey everyone, my name is Ted Hardy. I'm the founder of Immersion Freediving, freedivingsafety.com, and my new podcast, Free Dive Live. Ray had asked me to come on here. I did an episode a while ago on the nine best questions to ask your freediving instructor, and he wanted to do something similar. And he asked me to just do a sh- kind of shortened version of that podcast. So that's what I'm going to do here today. So for those of you that don't know me, I've been a freediving instructor and a competitor for over 10 years. As far as a competitive freediver, my deepest freedive is 279 feet. Longest breath hold is seven minutes. Past U.S. freediving record holder and was captain of the U.S. freediving team at the World Championships. I've also been an instructor, freediving instructor for 12 years for performance freediving. I'm a PFI instructor trainer. I've appeared on the Discovery Channel, Tim Kennedy, for his show Hard to Kill, to work with the CEO of Twitter. And I got to do a private course with Ben Greenfield and been on his podcast uh, several times, which is pretty cool. So now let's address this question. You want to take a freediving class, but you're not sure which one to pick. How do you make a decision? And if you're new to the sport of freediving, it can be confusing on which course you should take when there's multiple courses being offered. Most people get, in my opinion, very hung up on the agency that they're choosing from. So in scuba and freediving, there's multiple agencies that you take courses for. The agency is the you know, they're the one that set out the standards. They're the one that has the manual. They're the C card that you get at the end. And there's various agencies, PADI, NAWI, SSI, TDI, ADA, APNEA Academy. I mean, there's this list goes on and on and on and on. SSI, there's t- tons of them. And I think a lot of people make their decision based on the agency because they hear, oh, this agency is terrible. This agency is the best. You're an idiot. Anyway, all these people, these other agencies are terrible. Um, and so you hear things like that, and that tends to make you pick a certain agency. So, I mean, if your friend took a SSI class and they liked it, they're going to go, oh yeah, SSI is awesome. Well, you're probably likely to take an SSI class. It gets even more confusing if you ask an instructor. If you ask a PADI instructor, should they take a PADI class or the SSI class, guess what the PADI instructor is going to say? He's going to say, take the PADI class. 
I'm an instructor trainer for Performance Freediving International. Am I biased? Yeah, I probably am, right? I've been doing it for 12 years. I think PFI is a great agency. In my opinion, very few people have the understanding to accurately compare agencies because most people aren't instructors for multiple agencies. Most students haven't taken the exact same class from multiple different agencies. What I firmly believe so much is that the instructor and the structure of the class has a much larger impact on what you're going to get out of the program than the agency. You want to find out the difference between multiple courses. It's confusing. If you, if you, if you have three classes, three level one classes in your area or that you could travel to, they're all taught by different instructors. They're all taught by different agencies. You as the person is going to make that decision. It's hard for you to figure out what's the difference. So that's what I'm going to help you with today. So the first thing you need to do is you need to, the websites are great. Definitely should check out the websites. Absolutely. But absolutely don't book a class until you talk to this instructor on the phone. And I'm going to give you a list of things you want to be asking the person. First off, right off the bat, one of the reasons you want to get this person on the phone is, you know, I always use this example. Let's say you're a 50-year-old business guy and you pick up the phone and you call this instructor and he's an 18-year-old and he acts and talks like he's a snowboarding instructor. That that just one thing right there might just put you off to the whole thing and like, man, I can't, I, I can't do it. That has not the instructor could be amazing, could be the best instructor ever. But you know, just from talking on the phone with someone, you're gonna get a sense that, hey, maybe this isn't gonna work. And if all you did was look at the website and put in your credit card and book, you wouldn't get that. So let me go over some of the questions you want to ask. You want to know how many students are gonna be in the class. And put it simply, the less students that are going to be in the class, the better experience you're going to get. One instructor says, I uh, classes a max at four people. Another instructor says, I mind max at eight people. If all else, is the, all else is the same, you know, the class with less people is going to be better. So you want to find out how many people are going to be in the program. Now, there's a little bit of nuance to that. One instructor has eight students in the class, but he might have four instructors. Well, whoa, well, that's, that's a whole different animal because now you've got eight students, which I said was worse than if you only had four students. But if you've got four instructors, now you've got a two to one ratio. So you've got two students, every instructor, that's better than one instructor with just four students, right? So you, know, you want to find out the number of students in the class and you want to find how many instructors are going to be in the program as well as how many students. One of the biggest things to me, and I refer to as the structure of the program, you want to find out how many hours are you going to be in the classroom? Now, this gets a little confusing nowadays because a lot of people do more and more online learning. So some classes, you know, there is no classroom. It's all done online. Some is you take the test online and you review a little bit in class or some have the traditional classroom structure. I am a big fan of traditional classroom structure. I believe I can teach better than any, you know, any online anything, right? So in my programs, I have tons of online classes. I have online classes on, you know, I have a free safety course. I have a free course to increase your bottom time. I've got a course on beginning equalizing issues. I've got an at-home training plan, all these things. And my students get access to all of that stuff, tons of them. And they go through like four or five hours of online training before they come to me. And I still do a traditional, you know, long classroom session because for me, I like the online stuff to be in addition to the classroom session, not a substitute for it. But everyone does it differently, and some students don't want that. Some students don't want any classroom. They just want to do it all online. So this is something to look into. Now, absolutely, the other thing you want to ask is you want to find out how many hours in the classroom. You want to find out how many hours are you in the pool. This is super important because 
you know, when you hear like, oh, this is a level one class and a level one class, it's all the same. But if one class has an hour and a half in the pool and one class has five hours in the pool, holy cow, that is a completely different, totally different animal of class because the pool is where you learn. The pool is where you learn the skills so that you can execute them in the ocean. The more pool time you have, the better you're going to be able to execute in the ocean. The ocean is not for learning. The ocean is for doing. One of the things that I strive for and talk about in my programs is I want muscle memory, right? I want these students to practice these skills over. I want them to practice them because I do two, three-hour pool sessions where, you know, where I am, that's almost double what most people do. So we come back the second day, we're repeating things they did the first day. So they become on autopilot. So when I take them into the ocean, they're not thinking about all these, this thing that might be complicated. They're just executing it because they've got the muscle memory. They can just do it on command. They don't have to think about it a lot so they can focus on the other things, right? So definitely the longer you have in the pool absolutely makes that program better. And it's going to make it so you better execute in the ocean. Now, the next, the next thing I want you to ask the instructor is, how many hours are you going to spend actually in the open water, the ocean, the pool, quarry, wherever you're doing the, the, the open water? You want to know how many hours are you spent diving? Not how many hours is the boat trip. How many hours will you spend in the water diving on the line? Because I don't care what freight diving class you take, it's a lot of stuff thrown at you. And what you want is you want to make it so that when you leave that class and you go out diving a week from now, you're going to be able to implement all the things that you learned, right? And repetition fixes everything. So in my classes, I do two ocean sessions because I know that by doing it that second day, they're going to repeat all that stuff that they did the first day. And, you know, the mistakes that they made, they're going to get a chance to fix them. And it's just going to make it so everything sticks and they're going to be, you know, transformed into this better free dive. For sure, you want to know, how many hours are in that you're going to be actually diving and then how many diving sessions, right? So my neck of the woods, most entry level courses do one ocean session, whereas I do two, three hour sessions, which is a way, way, way longer than what most people do, because I believe it puts out a, a better a product that makes the student uh, better. Another question you want to ask the instructor is, do they do every single dive all the way down to the plate with some instructors will follow the student like I do all the way down to the plate. And then all the way back, my agency PFI requires that I do. There's no option for me. I, I have to. So when I'm doing 100 foot dives, 130 foot dives, I'm all the way down at the plate with the student. And then I follow them up. When you do that, you can provide better safety because you're with the student the whole time. You can see better what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong, uh, especially on those deeper 100, you know, 100, 130 foot dives. There's a lot of things they can do down there that can mess their technique up or cause lung squeezes, all these things. So I like to be eyeballs like right down there so I can get better feedback on what's happening. Some instructors will maybe go half the depth or maybe they're safety in the surface or 15 feet or some sort of variation of that. Uh, but again, I would tell you if like class one class, everything's the same, the pool session is the same, the cost is the same, the pool, the number of hours in the pool, all that is the same. And then the other one is exactly the same. And one instructor follows you to the plate and the other one doesn't, I would pick the one where the instructor follows you to the plate. I mean, wouldn't you feel more comfortable and confident knowing that your instructor is going to be right down there with you. And if something happens, you can ask them for help and get up to the surface, right? I would want to know, I would ask you know, the instructor, what is your freediving background, right? I mean, are you a lifelong scuba instructor that just picked up freediving, right? You know, just recently, or are you, you know, have you been freediving all your life? I mean, what is, you know, what is your freediving background and experience, right? Something you want to look into. The other thing I would ask is how deep can the, the instructor dive? Now, look, 
you did not need to be, you know, some 300 foot free diver to be a good free diving instructor. I don't believe that at all. But what is important to me is how deep can that instructor dive based on how deep you're going to be diving in the class, right? If the, if the, if the instructor is diving, to, let's say it's a 60 foot class or a 20 meter class, and the instructor says, yeah, my deepest dive is 25 meters, but he's teaching the students to dive to 20 meters. That means he, that, and when that instructor is going down to the plate with you, he doesn't have a lot of cushion, right? I mean, that's, that's a, approaching his maximal efforts, right? That's not a position that I would want to be in as a student because if something goes wrong down there at 20 meters, like he's, that the instructor is going to be, <laughs> this is hard for him, right? You want the level that you're diving to in your class should be really, really easy for the instructor, right? So for me, it just seems crazy if you're a free diving instructor that you're not at least a solid 30 meter diver, right? So if you're taking students to, you know, 20 meters, you know, you want to be 30, 40 meter diver where that's really, really easy. So that these dives you're doing is very simple. Uh, so that's something I think is important to look at, right? You know, an instructor that can dive a lot deeper. That doesn't mean he's a better, the, the, she or she is a better instructor, not at all. Um, because how deep you dive really has no correlation to your instructional ability at all. But it does have correlation to how easy those dives are going to be for the instructor. Easier the dive is for the instructor, the better safety they can provide and the better feedback they can do. I mean, if the, if the dives are easy for the instructor, they're going to be more focused on all the little things that you're doing wrong. And trust me, I know this because when I started, I was not a good enough diver and the dives were so difficult for me. The I was having such strong contractions. I, I was not able to focus on, you know, all the things I should be as the student doing the dive. I'm just trying to like not die. Uh, because the dives were too difficult for me. So that's what you want to avoid. You also want to ask how long have they been teaching and how many students have they taught? I mean, I've been teaching for 12 years. I've taught, you know, thousands of students. I, I can promise you <laughs> the freediving class I would teach today compared to my first freediving class, you know, 12 years ago when I started immersion freediving, there's no comparison between those courses. Obviously, when you've been teaching all this time, you know, so many years, so many classes, of course, you're going to get better, right? So, you know, again, another thing to look at when you're deciding between an instructor is how long have they been teaching and how many years and how many students do they have, right? Because I mean, if you've been teaching for five years, but you've only taught four classes, you know, the fact that they've been teaching for five years really doesn't mean much, right? So you want to look at both, you know, how long and how many uh, students have they taught? You also want to ask, uh, do they have any reviews? Can, can Where can you see his or her reviews online? Because that's going to be another way to kind of uh, get some impact on uh, some idea what the class is actually like. Another thing you want to ask, I even hate that we even have to ask this, is I've always been a little confused by this, but um, you want to ask the instructor, do they teach the Frenzel method of equalization? I will tell you, in my opinion, the dirty little secret in this freediving business is, I, I think, between 30%, 20 to 40%, maybe 20 to 30%, somewhere in that range of people that take an entry-level freediving class get stuck at 15, maximum 30 feet because they can't equalize their ears. Their ears always hurt. They can't equalize when they're head down. They can only equalize when their head is pointed up. And it's because, this is all very technical, I don't want to get down the rabbit hole of this, but it's because when freediving, when you're freediving, you must be doing the Frenzel method of equalization, right? Not Valsalva. Are you doing Valsalva? I've taught a thousand students, almost every, every single one I've seen that does Valsalva gets stuck at 15, 30 feet. They're frustrated, their ears hurt, it doesn't matter how hard they equalize, it just doesn't work. They need to learn, if you're a student, you need to learn the Frenzel method of equalization. So you want to ask them that. Do they teach Frenzel? Some don't. Some don't do that until the next course. Some do it. So if they, if, they, if they say yes, the next question is how much time do they spend on it, right? So I have an online course uh, that I developed for my students years ago that teaches 
the Frenzel equalization method. And I will tell you, 90% of the people that buy that program are people that spent a lot of money on a freediving course. They got stuck at 15 feet. They heard about my course. They bought my course. And then they had to pay to go back to finish their course. And when I talk to those people, I say, did the, you know, did the instructor teach Frenzel? And sometimes they say no. And sometimes they say, yeah, you know, they put a slide up and they spent a couple minutes on it. But, you know, they didn't have the time to actually teach it properly. Before I created my online course, I used to spend an hour. I started an hour in class to teach my step-by-step method learning to do Frenzel. And it worked great. I could teach them in class if I spent an hour. But what I found is I would take the students to the ocean in that afternoon, and half the people that learned to do Frenzel in my classroom couldn't do it in the water because all the other factors, right? It's one thing to do Frenzel sitting in my classroom when you got nothing else to think about, as opposed to doing it upside down, holding your breath, you know, kicking like this. What's the follow the line? Don't have your snorkel in. Is that a shark? Where's the plate? What the heck does this guy want me to do? There's so many things that what I found is that the students needed time to practice the skill so they can get on autopilot, which is why eventually I created that online course because I wanted them to learn Frenzel before they walked in the door. I wanted Frenzel to be mastered before they walked into my classroom. So another thing you want to ask about is, you know, do they teach Frenzel? I will put a, I'll have uh, Ray put a link to that equalizing course. What I will tell you is, is if you were doing the Valsalva method, I would highly suggest you go through my online program, learn and master Frenzel before you show up for the freediving class so you get the most out of it. Um, The good news is if you go to that uh, program, the link, and you scroll down, there's a video on there that will allow you to determine if you are doing it the right way or the wrong way. So don't buy it. Just don't just buy it. Go make sure you're doing it the 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 wrong way before you buy it. Because if you're already doing Frenzel, then you don't need to purchase the program. But if you're doing Valsalva and there's a video on that page that will allow you to figure out which one you're doing, if you're not doing Frenzel, I definitely recommend buying the program so you get the most out of your free diving class. All right. So that's kind of an abbreviated version of what I went over my podcast. I uh, hope this is helpful to you. Definitely just spend some time, get on the phone. You just got a lot of information. And if you, if you find, you know, two, three freediving instructors and you ask them all these questions, you're going to be able to figure out which is the better program. Now, you know, you're probably going to find better programs more expensive, but that's, you know, that's the way things typically are. You know, now instead of just choosing a class based on the agency of the price, you're going to be able to dig down and get the information and, and all those things, find out what's most important to you uh, so that you can make a better decision on your freediving class. So as I mentioned, I got tons of online courses. I've got the free safety course. I've got a free course on how to increase your bottom time. I've got uh, the equalizing courses I talked about. And then I've got an at-home uh, freediving training program, which is going to train your freediving physiology in order to better deal with low oxygen levels, high CO2 levels, how to minimize and control your contractions, your lung volume, your diaphragm flexibility, all of these things, right? It's, a, it's a five of the most effective dry land training exercises that I know of. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope you found it informative. Uh, And if you want to hear more from me, uh, you can check out my podcast, which is Free Dive Live. Thanks again to Ted for that very informative episode. Check out Ted's own podcast, Free Dive Live, where you'll get a wealth of knowledge about freediving. If you want access to his free safety course, go to freedivepodcast.com slash safety where you'll also find a free course on how to take a 20 to 30% bigger breath, as well as paid courses like Fixing Your Equalization, which I have personally purchased myself and took to help improve teaching frenzel equalizations to my own students. Dive safe and never dive alone. 20 years stuck in the office and now he's traveling the world. 
Just one breath and diving deep. He's healthier and happier than ever. Free dive nomad. He's found what he wants to do. A free diving podcast. A total beginners like you. Free dive nomad. The peace into the deep blue. Make the dream come true. You can do this too.